Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. was there all by himself before there was something before we call something there was God before something doing eternity God was all by himself he was self-contained he doesn't need anything else he doesn't need you he was self-sufficient he doesn't nothing else to help him he doesn't need you he doesn't need nothing for he was self-satisfied. He doesn't need praise. He doesn't need the universe because he's all God by himself. He doesn't need you. If you thought God needs you, trust me, God doesn't need you. Amen. Because some of you think God needs you. No, God doesn't need you. You need God. Yes. Right. He wasn't under no constraint. No, he should. Nobody told him to do it. He just decided one morning, said, hmm, let me do something. Let me create universe. Boom. And everything stopped moving. You know, the, the craziest thing is people say they don't believe in God. I said, you must be the dumbest person on the planet. I'm sorry to say that. The Bible said you must be a fool. Because think about this. Millions of galaxies, the planets are turning around. Everything's turning around, and nothing is colliding. Everything's staying in place, and you assume that there's not a God that's controlling things? Come on, people. Yeah. Somebody say amen. amen. I can't even walk out the door here not, but not, not hitting something because I'm clumsy. <laughs> because of his word, of his power, and he decided to create this whole world because he was under constraint. He did not need help. Nobody helped him. The angels did not help him. God said, let there be light. Everything happened. He didn't need help. Oh, who can understand this God? Who can explain this God this morning? There's no word and no vocabulary to explain it. One author said, if I take every tree on this earth and take the, the sea as ink, I could write and write and write and write and write to explain his goodness, his majesty. Somebody say Amen. How can we explain this God? Who, please tell me, somebody please tell me who can express, who can explain this God? No else. You can't explain him. Who can fathom? Who can illustrate who God is? Nobody. There's no word in our vocabulary to explain him. Please tell me. I love how uh, Paul described it in Romans, Romans 11. This is how, I love how he, he turned it in Romans 11. This is what Paul says. I love this verse. He said, this is what he says. I love this. He said, who can measure? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Watch this. I love this. And he's doing poetry right now. He said, who can measure the wealth and wisdom and knowledge of God? Who can understand his decision or explain what he does? Nobody else. Has anyone known the thought, Lord, of giving him advice? Because there were nobody else there to tell him what to do. God just decided to do it one morning. Has anyone known him? Did anybody give him a tool to do this? Did anybody say, hey, you can use this to create the stars, the universe, the human body? Come on, somebody. Something to look at, it must be repaid. Everything comes from him. All things were made by him. And we will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. 
Amen. Amen. This is how Paul closed this passage this morning. He sustains everything. Are you with me this morning? He's independent of everything because he doesn't need nothing else. Hallelujah. Such a God must be revered. Such a God must be worshipped. Such a God need, need worthy in his word of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hand right now. Tell him thank you. Come on, such a God like that need to. You can't, there's nothing else to say. All oh, we can say, man, oh, how awesome you are. Oh, how wonderful you are. Oh, there's no one else like you. Come on, church. Our God is awesome. Our God is beautiful. There's no one else like, there's no one else like him this morning. And that God, and this is where we go, we're going this morning, and that God created men and women just because he wanted to. Just because he wanted to have relationship. God created a perfect environment for Adam and Eve. He created Eden. Until this day, they try to find Eden. They can't find it nowhere. They think it might be, but they feel like it, 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 every tale just said it was something. That it was heaven on earth. It was a space that God created for Adam to live. And this morning, and all the things that God has done, that's his glory, that's his majesty. And God created Adam in that environment. He created Adam in that place of glory. We were made for his glory. We were created for his glory. We were made to be in his presence because without his presence, we, there's, there's no life. It's just like a fish out of water. If a fish is out of water, it died, it shook. Just like a tree in the, just like a tree in the soil, if you pull that tree out, it will die. It's just like the bird flying in the air. If you take the oxygen, they will die. Men were created to be in his presence. Yes. You may, you just, let me tell you, if, God, if you're not, if you're not saved, yeah, you're existing, but you're not living. It's just like a tree that I cut out there. Yes, the tree still look green, but deep inside, slowly and slowly, it's dying. That's us, men, without us connecting with God. Slowly and slowly, we are dying because we were born to connect it to him. Somebody say amen. Without God, we are nothing. Men were created to be in his presence. The Bible described Psalms 85, Psalms 8 verse 5. The Bible described how Adam, how God designed Adam. The, the, that's, that Psalms is talking about the birth of men. He's describing in Adam. This is what he says. He said, you have made him a little lower because every, they believe that David was talking about the first the original of men. He said, what you have made him a little lower a little word, then God, watch this, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Adam, Adam was created in the glory. He was created, and the Bible's describing him. I don't think the crown you see there is allegorical. I don't think it's just a picture. I truly believe it when I read the passage and things I have seen. I really believe when God created Adam, there was literally a crown of glory over his head. You don't believe me? You ever seen those pictures, the saints? Have you ever seen those things? You don't, do you think it's random they do those pictures? It's because people have seen things. And me personally, when I was in high, high school, a kid here, a missionary kid took a picture. That's in 1998. 
He didn't know, he's a kid, he's a kid. Parents just bought him a camera. And he was coming to the state and he took a picture on American Airlines. And then after school, after summer, everybody came back to the country, all the missionaries came back. And then the parents took the, the film, they went and developed it. And when they developed it, what they saw, and they brought the picture, it, school went crazy. I went to Christian school. We stopped having, we stopped having class that day. We all stopped worshiping. So they print the picture of what we saw, and I'm not making this thing up. I'm not spooky. I'm not crazy. I'm not making sense. Everything is in the scripture. But for the first time in my life, we saw, all of us, I got several people who saw it. We saw in the cloud, we didn't see the whole body, but we saw an angel in the cloud shape. Put his in like that. And on top of the angel, we saw a yellow, yellow, goldish thing on top of it. I really believe it wasn't allegorical. God really put it a crown over his head. I really believe that. And the reason God did this is because God wanted Adam to be just like him. He wanted Adam to, to have control, dominion over this earth. God said, hey, I'm going to create a mini-me, uh, and then I'm going to let you uh, dominate this world. He said, do like me, Adam. Call things out. So what, what Adam started calling, he started calling leopard. He started calling lions because he was mimicking his father. Are you getting this this morning? So what I'm trying to say, God created us with a crown of glory. If you could, if you could, have, if you could see in the spiritual world today, you'd probably see a crown of glory on top of us as believers. I really believe this. God created us to govern. He wanted us to be king. And not only that, that word crown means they're surrounded. Surround. That's not only it was over his head, but I believe Adam was walking in the glory in God's presence. That's why when he sinned, the Bible said he became naked. God's glory was his suits. God's glory, God's presence was his uniform. God's glory was, I know I'm going a little bit deep, I'm teaching this morning, but God was wrapped him. And that's why when he sinned, he, he realized, oh, he was naked. Somebody say amen. amen. So now it, it all makes sense because of sin. Adam lost that. Adam lost that. You ever ask yourself, and let me say this, when we see, and you got, it's going to make sense to you this morning. If you, and because of that, Adam lost everything that he, he had. If something is removed, is removed from his natural environment, it will die naturally. Because Adam stepped out, out of God's glory, and that's where God created him to be. He started dying that day. Slowly and slowly because he was meant to live in his, in his glory. You, now you understand Romans 3 verse 23. Because some of us never understood it. When he says, all have sinned. Because of sin, the presence of God could not be around Adam. Now it all makes sense. You probably never understand that passage. But when the Bible says, all have sinned, fall short. Of the presence of God is because of sin. Adam stepped out of God's presence. That's been all of us. Because the sin nature in us, we no longer have access to the presence. Are you getting this this morning? Genesis 3, that's the end of the story. And because of sin, God said, you need to get out, Adam. You did me wrong, Adam. Come on, I came home and I find you in the arms of another lover of the serpent. You need to get out my house. 
He said, get out. And since men, since then, men lost the presence of God. God said, you need to get out of my house. You're not worthy to be here because of sin. I cannot deal with you. You need to get out. Oh, what a day it was. What a sad day. It was the end of happiness. It was the end of joy. It was a, it was a sad day because man was out of God's presence. And some history believe Adam fell into a deep depression. They said, some, I was reading some, Jew, some Jewish commentaries. They said, Adam's history, that's what they said. They said, he fell into deep depression because he, he lost his relationship with the Father. Because God created man to be in his presence. But in the same story, we can see the gospel there this morning. The Bible said even when Adam fell into that sin, God came and pursued him. You see, even when man was into that deep misery, the Bible said God came down and looked for Adam. He said, Adam, where are, you? where are you? And today, God is looking for some of you today that have fallen away from him. He's still looking for you. I know some of you may run away from God. You have backslidden into sin. You have done things in your life. But let me tell you, before I got saved, I used, when I got saved, I used to think that God, that I was searching for God. But it's, the more I become more stable, I'm reading the Bible, I realize, no, it wasn't me looking for him. He was looking for me. God was looking for me. And the place where I was in that sin and where I was, God said, I'm looking for you, James. I'm looking for because I want to be in relationship with you. Oh, you think you think you think this morning you here by accident? You think you just came to church by accident? You think you got saved by accident? You think you turned the Facebook page, you saw somebody preaching or somebody give you a bush or somebody inviting you? You think it happened randomly? No, God put those things in your path because he's pursuing you. Somebody say amen. Oh, he's pursuing some of you this morning. Some of you have been running away from him for a long time this morning. And I can feel it in my spirit. Some of you have been running away from him. You know the truth. Every day God is talking to you. But you shut your ears. You shut your mind. You don't want to hear. But God is searching for you this morning. God is looking for you. He's looking for you this morning. He's saying to you, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. I know you're in sin. I know you have done things that's bad. But today, today, but today I'm looking for you. Somebody say amen. amen. God is looking for us. The Bible says he went there and searched for him. Jesus said, for the, son, for the son of man came to seek the lost. Because that's his mission. That's God's mission. And when we go to Exodus 20, the Bible says, after everything that happened, God still wanted to have relationship with men. The Bible said the first time God came to in, in the garden, but he came this time at the, at the mount, at the, at the Mount Sinai, to meet with men because he's always looking for men. He's always looking for men. He came down to seek the lost. This is what he says in Exodus. I love this passage. I, I read this thing so many times. He said God came down, and what, when God came down, he had a big entrance. You know, he's a big guy. When he came in, his big footsteps on top of the mountain, that was thunder. Let me tell you, God's not going to change who he is for you. If you just missed that, you probably catch it. God did not change his, who he was when he was trying to meet people, when he was to meet them. Some of you trying to fit God in your narrative, but God's not going to change who he is. 
when God showed up in that place in the mountain, thunder, lightning, blast of horn. It wasn't people blowing horns. It was just angels. If you read the passage, he was, they were blowing horns because the king is here. And, and they saw flashes, lightning, smoke from the mountain, and they got scared. They stayed away. But God came down to meet with them. Let me say this to you this morning. God does not want to have a long distance relationship with you this morning. Some of you wants to just to date God and send him a text. But God is not into sending a text. God's too, God doesn't want to have a, a long distance relationship with men. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to know you. He wants to, he wants to, be, in, he wants to be around you. He wants to be in your family. He wants to be everywhere you go. God does not want a long distance relationship with you. And a lot of us, a lot of us want a long distance relationship with God. We say, God, stay on your side. I'm staying on my side. You do your own things. I'm doing my own things. Because if I have a, if I have a strong relationship with you, there's things I have to let go. And that's the problem of humanity. We don't want to have an intimate relationship with God. That's what happened to the Israelite people. They said, hey, Moses, we don't want to be close with him. Let him stay on his side. We stay on our side. We don't want him to talk to us because we're afraid of him. Let him stay on side. Let us give us, tell us what he needs to tell us. And that's religion. Religious just want me to come and feed you on Sunday morning and think everything is okay. Oh, did I just say that? I'm busting your bubble this morning. Religion said, Pastor, give, just tell us something. We're good. We're good. And then when I can't leave here, I can't live like hell. That's religion. Religion said every morning, yeah, I hold my wife and go to church. But you live like a demon at your house. You don't honor God in your life. You don't honor God in your work. You don't honor God in your finance. You don't honor God the way you treat people. You don't honor God. That's a long-distance relationship. There's a lot of religion in America. Oh, the church is full of religion, but there's no relationship, church. And that's what they want, just like the Israelites. They say, God, you stay on your side. I stay on my side. Let Moses talk to us. He can tell us. He can, he can eat it, and then he can take the little pieces and give it to us because we don't want that. Intimacy requires purity. Yeah. Let me say that again. Intimacy requires purity. Uh, the reason a lot of us don't want to be intimate with him because we don't want to let go of things. Let me say, you guys just missed this. Intimacy requires purity. They don't want, want to let go of that. Not only that, two, the second that happened to them, because they did not want that intimacy with God. When God came down, they say, God, stay on your side. And God, we stay on our side. Guess what happened? Two chapters, two chapters later, they, they created an idol. Okay, let's unpack this one. Let's unpack this one. When you don't pursue God, when God is not your priority, you're going to end up creating your own idol. And that's what's happening in our churches and our believers are because when we say let's seek revival, no, nah, that's too much extreme. So what do you do? You create your own God that fits your narrative. A God that doesn't require nothing from you. A God that I take wherever I want to, but he doesn't tell me where I can go. Amen. That's idolatry. 
Because an idol, you can't take an idol everywhere. You say whatever you want to the idol. An idol can't speak, can't do nothing. When we don't pursue God, we will end up creating on idolatry. A church that doesn't seek God, that doesn't not seek his presence. That does, a Christian who doesn't go hard after God, that's seeking God, that's really reading the word, that's showing the word, that's praying. Guess what? You're going to create your own religion. You're going to say, this, this God, I don't like this guy in the Bible. Let me create a God that fits my lifestyle. Amen. Oh, this part of the Bible? No, this, this is no. This is, oh, love your enemy? Forgive people? No, I, man, I, I don't forgive. You don't know who I am. My, my family, don't, we don't forgive. We hold things. Sorry. Especially in my own race. I don't know about other race, but I know my race, where I'm from. We don't, forgive. We don't like to forgive. It's me forgive? I remember what so-and-so did to me. Never. In fact, if they leave, I'm moving to a different city. Oh, who's moving in town? So-and-so? Oh, <laughs> let's put the house for sale. <laughs> You know, red dog, tell the truth. Because, because, because God requires, when you truly submit yourself to God's word, when you get closer to him, you don't want to stay afar. Whatever he asks us, you're going to submit. You say, God, whatever you say, because God, I don't want to do religion. If it's in your word, I'm going to do it. If the word said forgive, I'm going to forgive. If the word said to live holy, I'm going to live holy. If the word said to, to submit, to have a good marriage, I'm going to do it. If the word said this, I'm not going to step out and do my own things, because I'm going to submit to your will. Somebody say amen. When you stay afar from, the, from God, you will end up creating your own God. And that's the, that's the story of humanity. And that's why we will never see the glory because we don't want the intimacy. Yes, we want the presence of God to invade our life. But if we don't surrender our life, we will never see the glory. And here's where the story changed. The Bible says in Exodus 24, the Bible said Moses went up there. But this, the rest of the story said Moses not only went up by himself. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, can you get me a bucket? I need a bucket. I need a bucket. I forget this part. I need a bucket. Just give me a small bucket. Hurry up, hurry up. Just some, something, some, something, some picture. Hallelujah. I forget this part of my. Somebody say amen. Because I got to show this because I love this part. You know, the moment that we stay away from God, we will create our own idolatry. We will create our own things. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's what Moses did. Moses went. Moses went there in the mountain. Let's put Exodus 24. I'm afraid I felt like he has that. Where's he at? Okay, I'm going to use this thing. Okay. Moses. Then Moses took the blood. Watch this. From, remember, men lost access because of sin, because of what Adam did. Men lost the access to the presence. You got something for me? Yes, I can't see. I, I'm not wearing my glasses. Yeah, that's fine. Let me, let me have that one. Yes. Come on now. Home Depot. Come on. You better, you better send me some gift card, Home Depot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Home Depot. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, are you ready this morning? Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, this is what it says. Moses went up there. But you know men cannot be in the presence of God because of what they did. 
because of sin. Men cannot have access to the presence of God because of sin. Men can't have because of what we did. We don't have the right to be in his presence. But the Bible says Moses took the blood from a, from a, from a bucket. That's what the basin means, whatever that mean, word means. That's what it means. And he splattered. And another version said he just took the blood like that and he put it, he threw it over, over the elders. And they're probably asking Moses, what are you doing, man? He took the blood. He killed an animal. He took the blood. He's toying on them. He's toying on them. He's toying on them. He's toying on them. And then he said, let's go. And then those, those guys are following him. And the Bible said, then, the, then Moses took the blood from the, from the bucket. He threw over the people, declaring, this is the blood of the covenant light has made for you. Give me this instruction. Let's go to the next process. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, whatever his name is, and the 70 elders went up to the mountain. Then they saw the God of Israel under his feet. They saw a surface of brilliant blue, whatever that word is, as clear as the sky of itself. Put the next thing. And those never gaze upon God. Oh, they saw God. They were in his presence, but they didn't die. They saw God. They were in his presence, and they didn't die. And you know why? Because of the blood that was covering them. Because of the blood that was covering them. Because of the blood that was covering them. You know what the blood does for you? The blood gives you access to the presence of God. Because of the blood, the Bible says, come on, let's put that verse on. Let's put that next verse. Let's say, I come boldly before the throne. You have that, you have that, guys, for me. The Bible says, we can come boldly. Come on, somebody. He said, we can come boldly in his presence with no doubt. Out. We, 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 no, we no doubt we can stand before him. And you know why we can stand this morning? I know I'm a sinner. You didn't know that? You're a sinner too. Or oh, you think you're an angel? No, you're not an angel. But the reason we can stand here and worship him, God doesn't kill us, is because of what he has done for us. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus this morning give us access to his presence. You no longer have to stay outside. What Ad, you know what the Bible is showing us? It's showing us what Adam lost. God gave it to them because of the blood. Adam lost everything. Adam lost the presence of God. He could not be in close proximity with God. But because of the blood right there this morning, what I was singing, I feel it deep inside of me. Somebody say amen. And he's speaking inside of you right now. Somebody say amen. Oh, I feel him this morning. The blood give us access to what was lost. Somebody say amen. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Oh, I didn't forget to tell you this. Oh, the blood is the detergent. <laughs> the blood is the detergent this morning. I don't know what sin you have done last night. I don't know what you thought coming this way. I don't know what you have done in your past. But I'm telling you, I have the greatest detergent. The greatest detergent is the blood of Jesus. I don't care what you have done this morning. All you have to do is wash. Somebody say amen. It's wash. And the blood of the land this morning. Some of you need some wash this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Oh, we need the blood to wash us this morning. 
and they were able to experience the presence of God because of the blood that was in the Old Testament. Father, you can come. That was the Old Testament. Watch this. Hebrews 10 verse 19. We have that one. Hebrews 10 verse 19. That's the verse I needed. He says, that's the verse I needed. He said, also, dear brothers, now we may walk right into the holies, holies. Man, I'm, I'm on a Baptist, Methodist church this morning. We talk about the blood of Jesus. He said, and so, dear brothers, now we may walk right into the holies, holies, where God is because of the blood of Jesus, because of what he has done for us. Somebody say amen. amen. The New Testament, there's a word called sieve. You have that word, we have that up. The word sieve, we don't, we don't use that word anymore. It's an old word. It's an it's a old type of English from Latin. It's me. It's sieve. It's, it's mean take. Um, it's hold, hold. Um, and, and from that word we get, we get receive, we get deceive, we get perceive, we get transceive. But with the word sieve, most of us use the word sieve with the re, with the re, it's a prefix. It's a prefix that we use in that word. We say receive, 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 you know, receive. It's a prefix we use to describe. The word re means something you take back that you have lost. When somebody said return, that's when you were already dead, then you took a wrong turn and somebody said, you need to do what? Oh my gosh. You need to do what? Return. Return my stuff. You stole my stuff. You need to return my stuff. It was mine already. Are you getting this this morning? The word we mean said, give it back. Return something that I used to own and I lost it and I want it back. And let's put John 20 verse 22. This is what the Bible says. Some of you are going to get this this morning. You will never see this passage. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Where's your hand right now? I feel the whole spirit right now in Jesus' name. Oh, after the third day when Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, raise your hand right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's here this morning. You know, after Jesus died, he shed his blood. And then he showed up to, he showed up to the disciple. The door was closed. And he said to them, that's the beginning of the church. That's the beginning of who we are. He said, first word out of his mouth. He said, we he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What was he talking about? What was he doing? Adam lost the Holy Spirit at the Garden of Eden. 
he lost something that he used to own. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You're getting this. Then you're getting this. <laughs> oh, and God said, receive something that you used to own, something that you used to have. Because I died and I shed my blood. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody better come get this black man here. I'm about to go crazy this morning. He said, I'm going to give it back to you. Adam lost it at the Garden of Eden. He lost the presence of God. But because I died, because I shed my blood for you this morning, you can have access again to the Holy Spirit. You know what the world's looking when they're taking drugs? They're doing everything. They are post-mercurial sex. They're doing everything crazy. You know what they're looking for? It's because something is missing inside of them. You know what we're doing witchcraft? It's because something is missing inside of them. Do you know what we'll find stuff, drugs, to fulfill something deep inside of them? You know what they're missing? They're missing something that they lost, and they're trying to find everything else to fill that void. Do you know why people drink alcohol, and they call alcohol spirits, right? So, because they're trying to fill avoid inside of them but let me tell you something this morning I have great news for you this morning what you have lost you can have it back today you can have it back today whatever you're missing in your life whatever you're missing God can feel it and he can give you his Holy Spirit somebody say amen somebody say amen hallelujah you can stand up on your feet this morning hallelujah come on raise your hand right now Oh, hallelujah. Basically, Jesus was saying, Adam lost the presence in the garden, and I'm going to give it back to you. Watch this. And this is, this is a key of kingdom. The moment you get this, the way you look at the passage, scriptures, everything going to change. God said, Receive. But I can say receive, but if you don't raise your, if you don't, if you don't grab it, you will never get it. God wants to fill with the Spirit, but if you don't grab it, yes, receive is an action. Yes, God's gonna give it to you, but some of you are not hungry, some of you are not really want it. Yeah, God wants to fulfill that void in your life, but you still have your hand in the back. Oh, I don't need that. You have. You have two choices, whether you accept it or you reject it. Hallelujah. And God this morning is asking you this morning, do you want the Holy Spirit this morning? Come on, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. 